the Florida Panthers have made quite a few more signings ahead of the 2022-2023 season. We're going to also discuss what the power play could possibly look like and also what how did teams that Paul Maurice took over, how did they look this season prior to what they did in his first year? We're going to discuss that all and more on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in to this Tuesday, July 19th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ronda Velez from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast with Flip Livingstone and Steel Road, and we'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Panther fans, there have been quite a few more signings, like I said at the top, for the Panthers ahead of this 2022-23 season, and more of the sign of depth players for the Panthers. It's crazy because it feels as if the Florida Panthers, as far as this free agency period, has become Ottawa Senators South in this situation. Uh, we, we spoke about Colin White coming to the Cats, and now we have two more Senators, former Senators, coming into to the mix for the Florida Panthers. 28-year-old Senator Chris Tierney, uh, signed a one-year two-way deal with the Panthers, uh, likely to be as part of AHL depth for the Panthers, uh, as well as defenseman Michael Delzato, 32-year-old defenseman, another one-year two-way deal. And really, uh, Delzato and Tierney were really guys who were buried, uh, really in lesser roles for the Ottawa Senators during their time there. And as far as their their time to come with the Panthers, it's likely going to be once again some AHL time for, for the team. And, you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because, you know, the Panthers still have some young guys who are still trying to get, be prepared to get their call-ups and to make an impact on this team. We, we've spoken many times about Grigory Denisenko, uh, Logan Hutzko has one more year on his ELC before he beco- becomes an RFA and still yet to make his NHL debut. And and Cole Schwitt, Justin Sordiff, who's going to be in Charlotte for his first year starting next year. And, you know, there's a good opportunity. And for Dozato, he gets to mentor people like uh, a Matt Kierstead, who, who signed a two-year deal just th- earlier this offseason. This year is a two-way deal. Next year is one-way only. And good it's good for multiple players who are over the age of 30 to be part of this team as part of guys who have been on nhl rosters who can mentor young guys because 
Another one who's still on the team is captain Zach Dalpy as well, who helped the Charlotte Checkers go far into the uh, Calder Cup playoffs, uh, eventually losing to the former affiliate of the Panthers in the Springfield Thunderbirds. So a good opportunity for them. And like we mentioned earlier last week, uh, Anthony Potato, defenseman, 32-year-old. So more of those older guys in the mix for the Panthers who is going to help them, who's going who's gonna to hopefully help them reach that next level when they do eventually come to the NHL. And another signing, a forward, uh, Jerry, Jerry Mayhew, a 29-year-old, uh, one-year two-way deal. For the cat for the cats uh spent most of the last season in the philadelphia flyers organization slot and anaheim ducks uh spent most of his time in the ahl with the lehigh valley phantoms 16 points in 24 games there only 25 games at the nhl level for philly before eventually going to anaheim previously he was with the minnesota wild organization bounced up and down their uh nhl and ahl affiliate in the Iowa Wild as well. So more uh, depth signings for the Panthers. And listen, this is a year where the Panthers are coming off two straight seasons of sharing a farm system with another team. Two years ago, sharing with the Tampa Bay Lightning with in Syracuse, and then last year sharing with the Seattle Kraken in Charlotte. So now they got the this affiliate all to themselves, and they have – Quite a few, quite quite a few spots open. So they you, you're, they're using some of their open spots uh, to fill some with those older veteran hockey players to help the young guys eventually help them get into the next level. And we had an ELC signing this weekend. Twenty twenty one second round pick Evan Naus, uh defenseman from the Quebec um, Men's Junior Hockey League. Uh, he signed a two-year two ELC, I believe, three-year ELC, excuse me, uh, 19 years old, former second-round pick, and he averaged almost a point per game as well in, in his uh, last two seasons for the Quebec uh, Ramparts. Uh, p- great puck-moving defenseman as, some, uh, as his prospect profile uh, shows. So an exciting time and a guy who probably impressed uh, a lot in – in the development camp just recently in South Florida and definitely a guy that was really that the Panthers really covet as, as far as, as their most recent picks. I mean, Mackey was someone who was very impressive in the development camp from the reporters who were there. They, we, they spoke a lot about NHL ready players. Mackey was one that was mentioned quite a lot. And Evan Naus was also another one as well, along with um, Max Gusta. He is—he still has a few more years before he reaches to the NHL level. But hey, an undrafted uh, guy signed from the OHL in the Panthers organization. It, there's a lot of excitement when it comes to comes to the guys who just were just in South Florida most recently, and you know they they mentioned it on Territory Talk just the other day about how it's been a while since we've had an in-person development camp here in South Florida. And of course, COVID is still very well out there. And though we are at a point now where we can interact again and be in person again for events, 
this was a great opportunity for everyone to be together and even their own draft classes, the last three of them to be together as well. So they get to meet each other and get to hang out. And of course, some of the off ice activities that they've done is like paddle boating, uh, boys and girls club, you name it. So it's a, it's the camaraderie that they, that they have there. It's, it's just great to see for, for all of them who, who, who made it down there. In segment number two, we are going to discuss what the power play could possibly look like for the Panthers. We're going to discuss that more in the next segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bud Bar. And from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Bilt Bar. But guess what? Your friends over at Bilt have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment that's right the coconut brownie chunk goat bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100 real chocolate it's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness but stop drooling and listen they're good for you low calorie low sugar high protein and all delicious coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time so go to built.com to make sure you don't miss out they're going fast because they taste amazing all Bilt Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Bilt Puffs is, of course, the taste they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they actually, they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you have got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or you need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconuts rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow stop fantasizing and get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunks built puffs right now go to built.com use promo code lock 15 to get 15 off your order use promo code lock 15 for 15 off at built.com which nfl stars moved the betting line the most starting july 18th locked on gives you the 50 most valuable players in the nfl from the odds makers at bet online Available July 18th on Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Back here on the second segment here on Lockdown Panthers. So, I've had a lot to think about when it comes to what this power play could possibly look like. And really, at this point, I'm pretty much throwing some guesses out there as far as what it could be because at at points last season the panthers had a five forward power play then went back to having one d with aaron ekblad coming back into the mix and then of course this off season with losing claude Giroux to the ottawa senators and then of course anthony duclair he won't be on that right side taking one timers on the power play at least for the first half of the season now there's at least a spot to put on that power play unit for the Panthers. And I have a few candidates that I wrote down as that last spot for the Cats. First, let's get out of the way the guys who are going to likely be there for sure. Aaron Eckblad, Jonathan Huberto, Alexander Barkov, and Sam Reinhart, likely the guy who's going to be right in front of the net, career high in power play goals uh, last season. Uh, and here are some of the candidates that I have for the Panthers power play one. 
Sam Bennett, Carter Verhage, Anton Lindell, and possibly Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins played mostly power play too during his time with the National Predators the last two seasons. So I'm exp- I'm going to eliminate Nick Cousins as far as power play one. With Claude Drew and Anthony Duclair out of the mix, Carver Hagee is more, as far as situationally, has been placed more at even strength roles for the Panthers. I do think he should have some power play time. However, I do think that the lack of time on the power play, he's going to be on power play too, not on the first unit, at least to start the season. Anton Lindell, we see him on, on the defensive side for penalty kills. But I also think he's going to be part of power play too as well. As, but of course, he's still 20 years old, so it's going to take a little bit of time to get comfortable in that position. But of course, I believe Anton Lindell will eventually be part of the power play. One, just like how I believe that eventually Anton Lindell is going to be on the second line center. I mean, Nick Fairbanks and I have been raving so much about this guy over the last few, over the last year and a half. Just go back to even when the Florida Panthers were eliminated by Tampa Bay the first go-round in 2021. We were raving about him. So that leaves Sam Bennett. As far as the time on ice for power uh, with the man advantage, he, he it looks like that him, by default, is going to be the next guy to step up for the Panthers on power play one. As far as time on ice from last season, he was right behind the, the Giroux and the Duclairs of the world. He was mostly on power play too. And this is really, we're really starting to see, once again, the impact of Duke's injury right here. And really how it affects different parts of the lineup with the regular forward lines like we discussed last week. And now we go to the power play here. But let's also talk about the roles that we expect these players to, pl- to play here. Of course, Aaron Blad and Barkoff are likely going to be switching back and forth of who's quarterback in the power play. At least that's what we saw majority of last season. And, you know, it fell apart throughout the playoffs, but... I don't expect another one for 31, uh, even to start the season. So, but it's going to be, it could be a little bit of growing pains to start the season because you're going to have Ekblad at the point and then you're going to have Barkov at the point and then Ekblad shifting over to the left. Jonathan Huberto likely going towards the middle. Uh, they could, ha- they could do a one, three, one and then shift to a one, two, two as far as, the power play and chances are the one, two, two. If I had to guess is when Barkov takes the point and Ekblad's going to shift to the left. Jonathan Huberto goes a little bit to the, to, to his right. And then Bennett and Rhino will be down the middle. So that, but Rhino is likely going to be 
there right in front of the net screening making screens throughout the whole no no matter what formation the panthers go and also depends what side of the 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 faceoff is going to be taken barkoff is likely going to take it on the left side and bennett would likely take it on the right side so you have two guys who could take faceoffs on the power play as well so that's that's and it's going to be hard replacing Giroux as far as the, the face-off percentage because Giroux, like, 60% face-offs almost uh, last season. That's going to be something that's missed as far as I know face-offs aren't the end-all be-all, but when you lose a face-off and it's, cl- and it's clear out of the zone, that's, like, at least a good 10, 15 seconds taken off the clock. Let's not forget that. So Panthers got to find a way to win some of those draws on the man advantage as well. So they got more of that zone time. They can move around. They could rearrange. Jonathan Huberto can take an, uh, an opportunity to go behind the net and then find a, pl- a play because we all know how much of a playmaker Jonathan Huberto is. What I'm hoping, though, under this new coaching staff is less of the pass, 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 and then shoot, and then there's a blocking lane. I hope there's more of trying to create a deflection off Sam Reinhart, which hey, that's what resulted in the Panthers being fifth in the NHL in a power play percentage last season, especially when they had that five forward unit. And then in the playoffs, we saw too much of the the hesitancy with this team. And that's maybe what Bill Zito's line of thinking was when it came to hiring Paul Maurice in the first place. That taking more of that initiative to say, hey, even if it doesn't look like the best shot, try to see if you can bounce it off someone and into the net. Put the puck into the net. Good things, sometimes good things happen when those <laughs> those definitely happen. So as of now, the power play one unit that I would have would be Ekblad, Huberto, Bennett, Barkoff, and Rhino. Sometimes you might see one-timers from Barkoff from the right side, Sometimes um, while with Ekblad quarterbacking it, sometimes you might see Barkoff shifting up and then Ekblad taking those one-timers. And Ash Jacob Winans, he was raving and raving and raving for Ekblad to take those one-timers from the left side. Uh, you've heard that many times on this show. <laughs> as far as power play too, this one I had a little bit of a harder time uh, writing down. I think for now, it's going to be somewhere along the lines of Montour. Verhage, I think Verhage will get his chance for some power play time next year. Nick Cousins, who we spoke earlier in this segment about how he had some power play time in Nashville for power play two. Patrick Hornquist, the veteran, he's going to be that net presence in front as as he has been since he's been in a Florida Panthers uniform. And Anton Lindell, you got to have someone who's going to win you some draws in the offensive zone as well. So that's that's what's going to help with um, keeping some zone time and putting pucks into the net, even though even though power play one takes up three fourths of the, the power play time at most times uh, on the man advantage. So those are the players that I have for now uh, as the power play units for the Panthers tomorrow, we're going to discuss how where our ideal penalty kill units for the Panthers will look like. But today this is the power play segment of the show. In the third and final segment, we're going to discuss what Paul Maurice's teams look like 
the year before and what they did in his first season once Paul Maurice was hired. Since we're looking this season as Paul Maurice's first year with the Panthers, we're going to discuss that more in the next segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Tuesday, July 19th edition of the show. And some programming notes, actually, I didn't say this at the top, is starting next week, we are going to be bringing Lockdown Panthers only three times a week, uh, with it being the offseason and most of free agency and the draft behind us. Uh, we will be having less shows, but of course, we will still be here covering the Panthers so starting next week, we'll be going to three times a week. Don't know necessarily what the recording schedule will necessarily look like. Necessarily, we'll still have our wine-ins Wednesdays. We'll still have our Fair Fairbanks Fridays. Uh, as far as the other day of when the show will record, who knows? It could be a Saturday. It could be a Monday. It could be a Tuesday. It could be a Thursday. Who knows? But we'll still have our ideal theme days for for Wednesdays and Fridays. But going back to... Paul Maurice and what he what he's done in his first year in his recent stops. We spoke about the success. We spoke about the or lack thereof. Excuse me. Uh, we we've spoken about the playoff appearances, and it's crazy. I think this is the first time I've said this on this show, but there have been some really lazy takes about Paul Maurice. And the laziest take I've heard of him was most regulation losses for a coach in NHL history. Why is that lazy? You don't get to that many regulation losses if you're allowed to coach that long. So what's so the logic behind that, in my opinion, is very flawed, I will say. It's like Kobe Bryant in the NBA. He's had the most missed shots in NBA history. Are people calling him a scrub? No. And he only has, he doesn't have that many more regulation losses than Barry Trotz. And this fan base was raving about Barry Trotz for weeks before Paul Maurice was hired. And he didn't make a conference final until he won the cup with Washington. And Paul Maurice has made a conference final excuse me, a Stanley Cup final in 2002. Got swept by one of the best teams of all time in the 2002 Detroit Red Wings. So before you say most regulation losses in NHL history, please, please, for the love of God, realize what you're saying and realize the logic behind what you're saying because it is a lazy take. And I will say that publicly. And <laughs> all right. So Paul Maurice's first year with Hartford slash Carolina replaces Paul Holmgren mid-season. Finished with 77 points. Next season, they're about the same. Still not a playoff team. And of course, there's only so much a coach can do when it comes to like the, the team that's put around them. So still took a little bit for him to like put his stamp on that team. And of course, in that first tenure, he makes the Stanley cup final, like we said earlier. So around the same in his first season, we're just talking about first seasons. 
in Toronto replaces Pat Quinn just two years after the 04-05 lockout. And before the Toronto Maple Leafs had 90 points. This was the only time other than this year that Paul Maurice is entering a situation where there's an off season outside of Toronto. The other two times he was replaced mid he replaced somebody midseason. So in Toronto, he replaces them in the offseason. 90 points the first season. About the same the very next season in Toronto. Doesn't have much success there. Very short stint. Second stint with the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, this was replaced Peter Laviolette. It's funny, Peter Laviolette replaced him. And then Paul Maurice replaces Peter Laviolette again. It's like Gover Cleveland, uh, former U.S. president. But the but the hockey version of it, for my Canadian listeners, if you don't know much about American history, Gover Cleveland was the 22nd president of the U.S., uh, was the was the president from 1985 to 89, loses to Benjamin Harrison in the election uh, in 89, 88, 1888, excuse me, and then resumes the presidency in 1893 to 18 um, to 99. So two stints of, of presidency for Gover Cleveland and then two stints as a head coach for Paul Maurice. The Carolina Hurricanes, after he replaced... Laviolette midseason were, had 97 points. Then they went downward after that. 80 points the next. So that was really the only season where there was a big decline in, in his team's play. Winnipeg. He replaces Claude Noel midseason. So once again, the only time that he's come into a situation in the offseason was in Toronto, outside of Florida. 84 points that the Winnipeg Jets finished in his first season. In, excuse me, in the season that he replaced Claude Noel. Very next season, 99. So a 15-point jump in that, in that first season. Are we expecting another? Are we expecting a jump for this Panthers team with with Paul Maurice? I don't think so. <laughs> it's hard to repeat 122 points. So this is a different type of situation, is what I'm what I'm saying. But do we expect a huge dip from this team? The over under for next season has the Panthers right now at 101. Hmm. 101 is still a playoff team. And at this point, really, for the Panthers, I don't care about the regular season. I don't care. We're at that point where the Panthers have never seen four years in a row of being in the postseason, if you want to count the bubble in 2020. This would technically be their fourth season in a row making the playoffs. At this point, it's about getting there and going from there and if you get 101 points as what the over under is saying right now for the panthers then i don't care about the decline in points for for the team and let's put some context with 
the role players that they lost as well. And right now, it's about getting to the trade deadline, putting your team in a position of what you could do once the trade deadline hits. And of course, these minor moves to the Panthers doesn't mortgage their future anymore. I would still do part of the trade deadline last season over again. And there was a question on Twitter is if the Claude Drew signing was a failure. I only say yes, because you didn't win the cup. But do you make that move again? Hell yes. <laughs> you definitely make that move again. When you get a, when you can have a player of Claude Drew's caliber. Yes. Absolutely. But again, really, the big loss from opening night last year to this year was Marchment. And with Marchment missing a lot of games, they're, they're still, the Panthers still were still able to keep afloat, too. So it's not like this team is with a whole bunch of scrubs on them. This is a President's Trophy winning team that is just coming into this season. They're, gonna, they're hopefully going to get healthier with Duke. Of course, the season has to play out. And we got to reevaluate this team week by week, month by month, of course. And our confidence level of when they go to the playoffs versus where they are at the trade deadline versus two weeks. You, you, we're going to go through the roller coaster. That's for sure. But... Like there's an there's a saying is the only time you die of a roller coaster if you get off. Let's not die <laughs> off that roller coaster. Let's stay strapped in and let's enjoy the ride. Because the Panthers they're they still have they still have the players from last year. And once again, we hope that we don't see a whole bunch of these three goal comebacks, more of those complete 60 minute games. Sure. Uh, it's not always fun to be behind by a goal within a minute left of the game, but long-term, if we're talking about long-term, you rather, I rather be in these late one goal games that is within a goal throughout the entirety of the game versus chasing consistently and consistently and consistently. That that's where I'd rather be, even if it results in a loss for these Panthers, because with these, with falling behind many times, you're creating bad habits. That's not what the Panthers want to create. Falling behind within a goal and having that consistently throughout the game, even two, let's say, you and you come out on the losing end in the regular season, the, the, the mindset in the locker room could possibly be that they are getting there and that they're growing and that they're progressing. I mean, yeah, we saw a three-goal comeback once in the playoffs against Washington. But it's just not a sustainable product. And <laughs> silly me, 
and silly all of us Panther fans for uh, thinking at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, they can come back from all all these leads because they're the Panthers. They're the fastest team there, or at least one of the fastest teams and one of the most skilled teams. This the, One of the fastest and one of the skills team, skilled teams. That's a fact. Yes, we, 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 we do agree with that. But as far as sometimes coming out of the gate, that's what the Panthers are looking for in coming into this season. It's not a coincidence that their goal differential in the second and third period is last year was way better than the first. So what we are hoping for is better starts and keeping it within reach throughout the whole 60 minutes. And hey, if you are, but hey, if you come out to a big lead, even even then, hey, nobody nobody in this fan base is going to complain about that. <laughs> Definitely, I know I won't. But it's just about consistently, not consistently, falling behind and chasing the game. Because yeah, those comebacks are fun. They create for highlight reels. They create for stories, like on this podcast. It, it creates something to talk about. But the anxiety that comes with it. I don't want that next season. I definitely don't want that roller coaster. I definitely won't jump off, but you, you don't want to, you definitely don't want to consistently have that next season. Thank you once again for tuning into this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Tomorrow's edition of Lockdown Panthers, we'll be bringing in Jake Winans of pantherbarkway.com. We'll be discussing the penalty kill for the Panthers. And we are going to start one of our off-season what-if segments uh, on Lockdown Panthers, on the Florida Panthers. What what if they did blank in this past? How would it have set up the Panthers currently in the future? So we're going to be starting that part of the the show in where we are currently in the dog days of summer. We're going to discuss that more later on this week. But in the meantime... If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Road, and we'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Locked on NHL has you covered every Monday through Friday. It's a daily 30-minute podcast where it covers the NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked on Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.